0: If you came to church this morning because you thought that Jesus might be a good teacher, maybe an okay friend, definitely a prophet or somebody who had some kind of wisdom, today's gospel lesson might be a bit strange. It's a strange story, not like a lot of the stories in the windows in here. It's that one, up top if you can see it. What is happening? We meet Jesus and his disciples today walking up a mountain together. And it's not all of the disciples even, it's just the inner circle, Peter and James and John. And it says that Jesus was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his clothes were dazzling white. That's a pretty good depiction there if you can see that window. But what is going on here? I mean, the disciples have walked up a mountain. They are hungry, they are tired, they are waiting for something amazing to happen. I mean, this is where Moses got the 10 Commandments. He needs to give them something amazing after all of their labor of walking up this mountain. What is happening in the transfiguration? We see Jesus meeting with his disciples, revealing who he is. Jesus doesn't really do much for them here. It find, I find it really frustrating that they are not fed or healed or transformed or given anything that they sort of feel like they need at that time. But instead, Jesus wants them to see him seeing them. Think about that for a moment. Jesus reveals himself and all he wants to give to his inner circle, these beloved friends, is the gift of him seeing them seeing him. What does it mean for Jesus to give the gift of seeing him seeing them? What is the look in his eye? Not every gaze that we meet in our lives is the same. We are very finite creatures. We constantly misunderstand the actions of others. We project our own fears onto others or have others project their fears onto us and we rush to judgments. We don't always see clearly what is happening right in front of us. And the desire of Jesus is to transfigure all of that, to have his real identity known but also to have our real identities known. Peter, I feel like, would have been a really great member of St. John's Church. He is right there ready to respond to Jesus, to set up three dwellings. It reminds me of so many of you, so many people who step up and volunteer very quickly and work tirelessly for the mission of this church. People who have strategic plans and send out a ton of emails, and find themselves praying through very mundane things like cleaning up and shepherding children and doing all of these things that somehow mean something more. I called my friend Jimmy this week. We went to divinity school together. He's a great theologian, and at the end of the time in divinity school, he decided the best faith most faithful response was to start becoming a farmer. So he's a farmer in North Carolina. And when we were at school together, we were planting this garden in the Divinity School. It was an organic garden that people would have a chance to participate in. And it was this time that students would get away from the desk and get really close to that which we really need. Instead of constantly grabbing food on the go to maintain our biblical studies, Um, They were invited, we were all invited, to take some time to be close to the earth, to be close to what we depend on for our food. And Jimmy was tirelessly an advocate for this being called the Garden of the Transfiguration. Unfortunately, we all thought that was too many syllables and it did not get that name. But I asked him this week, what was it about a garden that you wanted to call the Garden of the Transfiguration? And this is what he told me. He said, the garden was supposed to be a space where we could see more clearly who we are. It was supposed to be a space of revelation, a recognition of what we need, a spot when we were open to God in a way that didn't involve books or words or running around. What is it that we are searching for, yearning for? A moment where God will break into our lives, open up the moments that feel so pedestrian, and say to us, I see what's really going on here. Everyone needs moments to come close to our limits, to feel vulnerable and not exploited, vulnerable and cherished, vulnerable and not isolated, and that's what a transfiguration encounter is like. The disciples are coming before Christ with all of their hunger and desire for love and tenderness, and it is not co-opted or exploited. Desire is not to be shunned or controlled or denied, but Jesus is welcoming it, shaping it, The desire is drawn toward the ultimate fulfillment of all that is truly beautiful. Our finite lives at home in God's infinite life. God's infinite life having a place in our finite lives. A few months ago I was on vacation and I went to church and of course I was very late because I didn't have any responsibilities. I made it about the time of the gospel procession And I got there and I sat in a a church that had pews with no cushions. I was terribly uncomfortable. I hadn't had my morning coffee and could barely pay attention to the preaching and just wanted to get out of there, frankly. I know no one here has ever come to church that way. (laughs) Um, But uh, they had a baptism that day right after the sermon. And I didn't know anyone there. I didn't know the child, certainly and I found myself suddenly struck and tearing up. What had melted my cold, cruel, caffeine-less heart at that moment but a baptism? What is it about baptism, about an encounter with God through water that just softens the heart? Today at 9 a.m., it was a baptism day for two new people, Cash and Lizzie, two babies, Today, they, for the first time, began to participate in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, where God sees them, where Jesus wants them to see him seeing them. And the look in Jesus's eye is the look in all of our eyes to be that of love and of welcome. It is a gaze of cherishing and not judgment. There is no expectation in baptism that anything be done, that any dwellings be set up or plans be made or work be finished, it is just to come close to a God who demands everything from us, a God who will be present in bread and wine and water and oil, a God who gives us another family in baptism, wider than we ever imagined where we are united with the communion of saints who have ever lived in heaven and on earth in the end of the transfiguration story peter and james and john and even jesus have to come back down they cannot live up there together in that mountain of solitude they can't hoard this amazing experience for themselves they have to go back down because jesus Has healing to do after today you and I will also leave here and today you will leave with a new commission to share your life with others to meet Christ down the mountain in the hungry or in the homeless or in people who just find themselves in places that they don't want to be perhaps you will find Christ in your workplace or in your school or maybe when it's hardest Christ at home But wherever God calls you this day, this week, remember the words that the father said over the son at his baptism and announced to the disciples boldly at the transfiguration. These are the words that the father whispers to your heart and mine, and especially, especially to Cash and Lizzie who were baptized today. It is this, I see you, you are my beloved. Amen.